0: Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo, on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com.
1: Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome in to this edition of Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. It is Friday, September 1st. We are one day away, 24 hours away as this airs from kickoff inside the big house between East Carolina and Michigan. Joe Sampson is with us. Philip Pilkington is producing slash trying to figure out some camera stuff because he he's doing it all yeah, these days. Yeah, he does it all. I mean, this man, what do y'all call the, uh, the jack of all trades? Is there like a good nickname for that on the football team or I, I don't know. Should we just call him, you know, forget the referee. Let's call him the specialist because I just feel specialist. like he's just i like it i just feel like he's he's suddenly he may not be elite in one area but he's suddenly strong in several yeah that's what I,
2: houston always said that uh a jack of all trades is a master of none there you go yeah
3: i've definitely not a master of anything you have not mastered this producing thing yet that's for sure I'm struggling there a little bit but uh we're working out the kinks so i appreciate the compliments guys hey you're doing
1: a great <laughs> job specialist philip um <laughs> By the way, stand by because we're going to get into this roundtable discussion here shortly. We got to finish it off. We, we made our schedule picks on all the days are messed up. So schedule was Tuesday, right? Did we predict? Yes, yes, it was, yeah, yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> days are really Blackout messed day. up. We're a day ahead slash behind. Uh,
2: we're in the future and in the yeah, past.
1: The time the time uh, is is eluding us. <laughs> Luckily, the lights have stayed on thus far through this show. Knock wood. Um, Dang it,
3: we are. St- one and a half minutes into the show, Steven. I know. Why would you say that?
1: <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm struggling, guys. Uh, but uh, I'm excited. Uh, we're, we're, we're a day away from football. We'll be in Ann Arbor. Uh, at least I will. You guys, I guess, are staying behind? Yeah, I'm
2: behind. I got to go, man. Like, I didn't the get game, the nod.
1: The game is starting in 24 hours. I'm stuck here.
2: I'm already starting yeah. non-travel again. Right. Got to work back up the food chain all you're, over.
1: You're on, yeah, your scout, <laughs> scout team right now? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> you're doing the job, man. Um, all right. We're going to make some game picks later. We're going to make six college picks. What we're going to do on each Friday show is uh, pick against the spread, which Joe can do now because he's no longer a uh, student athlete. He's just a student working on his master's degree. Yeah. So uh, you can legally do this. We'll get uh, Philip Pilkington in here later to do that as well. So we're going to make picks against the spread for college football. Then once NFL starts, we're going to make picks against the spread for that as well. We're going to do a handful of games in each, each week. So uh, the the standings could get out of hand quickly if one of us is bad, which there's a good chance all of us are bad when it comes to picking against the spread because this is a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. We also got our roundtable discussion we'll get into here in a minute. Uh, but let's talk ECU-Michigan. We're closing in on kickoff. The Pirates still a big underdog. The line hasn't moved a lot despite Jim Harbaugh's absence, despite the offensive coordinator's absence as well. As we near kickoff, Joe, just any – any better gut feelings about this game? Are you starting to drink the ECU Kool-Aid? Or are you getting a little bit more nervous for ECU? Kind of your feelings.
2: My credibility is kind of being challenged here. Uh, I'm starting to lean more towards Michigan just as you get closer to it. Towards game day, you kind of feel that way, and it's no slight to any of the pirates in the locker room, and I understand if you have to put this up on the uh, – team meeting room board here, Coach Houston, but I start to lean more towards Michigan. I think it kind of turns into more of like a 42-21 kind of bout. One of those things, just because, I mean, we heard both coordinators yesterday, and they talked kind of at length that, like, you got to control these things, you got to play a flawless game to have a chance, and when you hear those things, it kind of creeps into your mind that you're, you're kind of nervous, you're kind of respecting your opponent a little too much, and they just want to let it fly and throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's just, I have several concerns and, I mean, <laughs> for obvious reasons, like <laughs> I could I go position by position. No, nothing Again, nothing is ECU. This is more – I think it's important for people to realize. I'm not saying ECU doesn't have a chance in this game, but I, I've seen a lot of people say, well, ECU competed well over State and South Carolina, and they did. Yeah. But this is like a different
2: animal. It's a whole different animal. And I mean
1: – I think it – not only are you on the road, Joe, but like for me, the line play – Mm-hmm. is the biggest difference like those teams don't have five draft picks up front
2: no and they had three starters who were returning this year and went and got three huge starters in the portal two from stanford and then that big left tackle from arizona state yeah so i mean they just went and got more size and it's very rare that you find a team that's done so well and does all these different things so well to get to the cfp semifinal and go okay we weren't good enough after we won the joe moore award let's go get another set of uh, transfer guys, so they can kind of rotate with depth. And ECU just doesn't necessarily have that kind of stopping power. I guess is the best way to put it. With a defensive front that's kind of smaller, moves very well, but doesn't necessarily two gap and stop the run that way.
1: Yeah, that, that's my thing. Is this is the defense built on you know doing some different things, versatility, more speed, I would say, than power. So how does that play out on Saturday? We had Bobby Howard on Thursday's show. We kind of got into. You know, do you play aggressively, defensively, and and mm-hmm. maybe risk giving up the big play, or do you kind of sit back and try to react? And then that way you might get ran over. So like, and Blake Carroll said yesterday that you have to play them different ways. You can't mm-hmm. just line up and do the same thing the whole whole game. So what are your thoughts on how ECU should have? potentially trying to approach this defensively?
2: Defensively, it gets difficult because the first thing, and Houston is a huge proponent on it, is stop the run. If you don't stop the run, you can't stop anything. But at some point also, you have to respect those receivers who are on the outside, and J.J. McCarthy's an NFL quarterback. We've heard that now for the last month and a half after everything, just with the coordinator change and all that. But the difference is ECU has this kind of X factor where they have so much stuff on tape, Michigan can't possibly prepare for it all, even though you have two weeks, as you put it in air quotes, to kind of prepare for your opponent. I mean, ECU has done so many different packages and so many different pressures out of so many different looks that can give them the edge. But also, this is a NFL coaching staff that has experience kind of facing these messed up looks and all these ghosts, as Sam Darnold once referred to him. Um, yeah, I'm still hurt. But uh, (laughs) those are the things that kind of separate these huge programs from kind of the not lower end, but the lesser end of these power sixes, as we call them.
1: Do you think that the offensive coordinator not being in the building is a big deal, a little deal, a no deal? Like what's your uh, feeling on that?
2: So it depends. Um, And the reason I say it depends is it depends on the day. I mean, Coach Kirkpatrick spoke when they were at the coordinator press conference about how he always has a play ready. Sometimes he's a former analyst who's now promoted to play caller for this week. He's from ODU, and he's had some great things on paper. But is he prepared to kind of have that fourth down play like in his pocket ready to go if the game calls for it? Or is he ready for the sudden change and he needs to call a big shot here or a screen after a a turnover? And that's just kind of the things that come with experience for any coach and any coordinator.
1: My thing is if ECU can get them in third and medium, even third and long, Mm -hmm. obviously, then maybe it it becomes a bigger deal. Because at that point, as a play caller, you have to be – got to be a little bit more creative. You can't just line up and run your your base stuff or, you know, what's going to overpower ECU. Because we know ECU is very exotic on third down. I mean, they do (laughs) as much as anybody in the country. And, uh, you know, I I think that it's just a matter of can ECU put themselves Mm -hmm. in that situation is the big question. Um, So, all right, we'll get more into the the Michigan side of things Uh, later on. We'll get Joe's take as well on the offense, what to expect there. And uh, we'll also make our picks against the spread here shortly. But let's get into our roundtable discussion before it eludes us again because we got some fun stuff to talk about. We'll bring in Philip Pilkington for this as well. Uh, so so we all had ECU going seven and five overall. Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, so, we did. The only thing
3: that was different is I was picking a loss against SMU where you guys had a win and I had a win against Navy and you guys had a loss there, but we were all at 7-5.
1: All 7-5. and five. So the one thing that means is ECU will not go 7-5. and five. <laughs> uh, You can take that to the bank. That's your Anson Belt lock of the week. <laughs> uh, we do have that coming up later in the program as well. Uh, I still got to figure out what my lock of the week is going to be um but uh we'll, we'll have that in our next segment so coming up all right guys season predictions this is our roundtable discussion and i'll basically kind of name a category we'll all give our take on it and we'll, we'll start uh we'll start with joe for this one most starts at the quarterback position for Ooh. an ecu player in 2023 we all know mason garcia would be the favorite but is it going to be garcia getting the most starts or is it Flynn, or is it somehow raheem jeter
2: I still think it's Mason Garcia. I mean, the upside is too high. The ceiling's too high, even if the floor might be lower than if you start Dr. Flynn, as we like to refer to him. Uh, Mason's just got that X factor, that arm. He's a big mobile guy and kind of create plays that Flynn doesn't necessarily get the same opportunity to do at his frame. So I I still lean to Mason Garcia. We could see some Raheem Jeter in kind of a, a different situation. I know there's not cupcake games, but with a Gardner-Webb or something like that, you could get him some experience and, and start to feel more comfortable with him, even though he's a true freshman. So I still lean Garcia, but I wouldn't be surprised if Flynn or Raheem Jeter gets at least one start. Philip, I do
3: have one question for Joe before I bring this up. Do you think Jeter – Appears in more than four games, or do you think he's redshirted?
2: No, I think he redshirts. I think if you have these two kind of veteran tandem quarterbacks who have experience and don't need the extra year, you still redshirt them. All right,
3: yeah, that's what I figured. I was hoping they didn't use him in too many games, but yeah, I'm going to agree with Joe here. I'm going Mason for sure.
1: I'm going Mason as well. Yeah, I think Raheem a good a good line for him would be I would say over under two and a half games. I mean, Mm -hmm. you could say three and a half. uh, You know, because he could play in four without. Uh, burning yeah. his red shirt but i would say two and a half based on kind of how they've played it in the past with mason and and flynn so um i let uh, screw it let's do it uh over <laughs> under two and a half games and jeter appears in uh joe i'll take the over philip
3: uh over yeah i'll go three games so over
1: i'm gonna go under i'm gonna say Ooh. two all right i'm gonna right. say he uh makes an appearance against gardner webb and makes an appearance in conference play one game so that's my pick uh all right rushing leader and this is this is a wide open one like if i was setting the odds in vegas i don't even know who would have as the favorite obviously roger harris but he's coming off the acl marlon gunn javius bonds the possibilities of freshman breakthrough gerald green so uh we'll start i say let's mix it up we'll start philip here
3: Sorry, I was making the spreadsheet. What was the question? I was about?
1: I'm, I'm oh, making man.
3: sure we've got all this documented. The I specialist. want to be able to refer to this in eight weeks from now. Look, and for, see the, we're for those
1: who can't see, Phillip <laughs> has like 18 monitors in front of him behind the glass. So. Plus
2: the two TVs on top of the 18 monitors. Yeah, yeah.
1: There's a lot going on back there. So the the question is rushing leader for yardage East Carolina 2023.
3: Oh, I'm going Rajay. I think if it's not Rajay, this season's going to be a bust. He's got to be the... He's got to be the rushing leader.
2: Ooh. Joe? I take the grown man, Marlon Gunn. He just can't find the end zone, but he finds yards.
1: Grown man, Marlon Gunn. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I want to do this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to say Javius Bond All right, leads this team in rushing as a true freshman. and I, I, He may only have like 50 carries by the end of the season, but I think he's going to bust some big ones. Yeah, 100%. Uh, will ECU have a 1,000-yard rusher? I don't think Javis Bond gets to 1,000, so I'm going to say no. Uh, Joe, do you feel differently with your boy Gunn?
2: No, 1,000's a lot. I mean, the only running backs to do in the last five years were, I think it was Keaton for three, and then I don't even know if Raji hit it that yeah, first Keaton. year. It's just difficult to do, so I lean to no.
1: Philip, do you think ECU has a 1,000-yard back?
3: No, I think they use too many backs, which I think it's a good thing. I think we don't have a 1,000-yard back in a good way. Because I think three or four guys will consistently see play in time. Mm.
1: I think those are all fair. Uh, I would say definitely the favorite would be there not be a thousand yard rusher just due to the depth of the backfield. All right, receptions leader for 2023 ECU football. Ooh. This is, uh, I mean, you could go several directions here. We'll start with uh, Joe. Uh, Who do you feel like is going to be the reception's leader?
2: Got to put me on the spot, huh? You Mm. are. You do have uh, a lot of experience in the inside receiver. Yeah, I do, and that's why it's so hard to pick. Uh, Probably Jalen Johnson. I think he gets the ball too much out in the slot, and just the ability for the tight ends to also be in the blocking game kind of limits them as far as how many catches they can get in a year. So I lean to Jalen Johnson.
1: Part of me really wants to go Shane Calhoun. Mm Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they're going to throw to the tight end though. That's that's where um, I was
2: torn right there. I
1: mean, come on, Donnie, throw to the tight end. What are Always. we doing? Always. <laughs> uh, if Shane got enough targets, he would be up there. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of sneakily considering Jari Patterson too, with the hype I'm hearing and mm. you know the fact he's going to play a lot. But I, I'm I'm going to go with the safe pick. I'm going to go Jalen Johnson. I think the slot in this offense traditionally catches a lot of passes, as you well know, Joe. Um, <laughs> you were a, a slot demon in practice. <laughs> um, so I'm going Jalen Johnson, receptions leader, uh Phillip.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on the Jalen train here, Jalen Johnson.
1: All right. Going with that receiving yards leader can be different. You know, you could have a big play guy like a Josiah Hatfield. Could he be the receiving yards leader? I know there was one year CJ, I think, led in yards and mm-hmm. Tyler Sneed led in catches. So uh do do y'all have a different receiving yards leader? We'll start again with Joe.
2: Josiah Hatfield his uh big play upside is just too much there his speed is too much for a lot of corners to cover in man and even when they play like that one zone over the top he still just kind of gets over that so I still lean Josiah Hatfield for the overs on yards um I'm gonna go
1: I'm gonna go Jalen Johnson leads the team in receiving yards as well just to have a different answer because I was also going to pick Josiah Hatfield <laughs> <so> let's go <laughs> Philip.
3: Well, dang! I guess uh, I guess we can't go three here at least. since thanks for going the other way. I go, so I will stick with our original pick and go for all of us and go Josiah.
2: All right, there you go. We'll put an asterisk next to that one for you. I go. That's that's fair. <laughs>
1: uh, all right. Last question for our break: Will ECU have a one thousand yard receiver? And so, really, are we going to, you know, is Josiah Hatfield going to get there for you guys? And is Jalen Johnson going to get there for me? That's the big question. A lot of this comes down to volume. Is the wealth being spread? Is the go-to guy emerging? Does it turn into the Jalen Johnson Josiah Mm Hadfield show? Um, We'll
2: start with Joe.
1: We'll put the pressure on you again. Oh,
2: God. (laughs) I lean to no. And the reason is the same thing with the running backs. It's kind of like backed by committee almost. The receivers are the same way. So I don't think anybody gets enough production where they only have one 1,000-yard guy. I think it's like two or three 800 or 700-yard guys who kind of – foot the bill in different ways so i say no i'm gonna go yes i'm gonna say uh jalen
1: johnson gets there philip
3: uh i'm gonna go no yeah i Mm -hmm. I think the wealth is spread i think calhoun is involved more in the passing game than past uh tight ends have been but i think jerry patterson's gonna have a lot of yards i think tyler savage is gonna play a big part in this offense as well as whoever kind of lines up with i think maybe brock Spaulding will have a handful of receptions on the season and uh I think in a good way, the mm-hmm. same way as running backs. No, we're spreading the wealth too much.
2: Now I would love for my boys in the slot room to prove me wrong. I want that to be known. Shane, go out and do 1100 yards just to prove me wrong. I'm all for it.
1: They're listening to, to this right now as they get on the, uh, the tarmac, mm-hmm. uh, and head to Ann Arbor. They're, uh, wanting to punch Joe in the face, <laughs> um, and, and make him a tackling dummy. But, uh, Hey, that's why we're here. We're here to provide motivation to, to your guys. And, uh, We'll see what we'll see what happens this season a lot to and, and I did pick a thousand yards for Jalen Johnson I just want that to be uh, be known so don't get tackled out of practice all right let's get a break in we'll come back we will uh, do some defensive picks also some special teams picks in a positive light will ECU return a punt for a touchdown for the first time in 20 years we'll talk about that on the other side hoist the colors 94 of the game you're listening to it we'll be right back
0: Everything you need to know in the world of ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hi, right, welcome back into the program. It is Friday.
1: It is September 1st. We're uh, less than 24 hours away from kickoff, and we're continuing with our roundtable discussion. Joe Sampson is in studio, former ECU tight end slash uh, new analyst for hoist the colors and 94 through the game asking the hard-hitting questions at press conferences good job
2: <laughs> yeah donny k was really thrown off when he saw he me was. in there though
1: he was but hey you, you asked him and blake a question right mm-hmm. so now you just got to get one out to coach houston
2: yeah people keep stealing my idea All so right. i don't want to ask the same question because you know how he is he doesn't like the same question yeah
1: that's that's a big no-no so at least <laughs> you're avoiding that uh philip pilkington is behind the glass with his seventeen thousand monitors he's producing and uh, we're going to make some game picks here. We may do our Anson Belt Lock of the Week in this segment. Uh, we may say we'll actually save that for our next segment. Um, but we're also going to continue with our roundtable discussion, which Philip is also keeping track of. Uh, the specialist himself doing his thing. Uh, we did uh, offense <laughs> offensive picks last segment. Let's flip to the defense guys. Tackles leader in 2023. Last year it was Julius Hard hitting Wood. Uh, this year will it be Julius wood again or are we picking somebody else uh, Joe is under the pressure he's the, the former player so we'll, we'll throw it to him first
2: this is this is a tough question this because is. it also depends on like personnel and just who's out there more because I want to lean Jeremy Lewis I feel like he's always in on every tackle right. known to man but i I probably will take Julius because I'm allowed to because I'm first so I, I take Julius wood Julius Wood is the pick for Joe. He'd probably be the
1: betting odds favorite. I Mm -hmm. want to think about this one a little longer, so I'm going to flip it to Phillip.
3: Ah, I see what you did there. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the edge guys, but I think they're going to split too many reps. I'm going to stay in the linebacker room. I'm going to go Taylor Jackson.
1: Okay. I like that.
3: I think I like um, last year, uh, I think all, both middle linebackers were like second and third behind Julius Wood. I'm not mm-hmm. 100% sure, but I believe they were. So uh, that's why I'm going Taylor this
1: year. Part of me really wants to pick B.J. Davis. Oh. But I just don't know if he's going to get enough reps. Right. He had 94 tackles last year for South Carolina State, and that was with a broken thumb. Uh, I'm going to go Taylor Jackson as well because I think he is the bona fide starting Mike mm-hmm. linebacker. I think he's going to play that role the whole year if healthy so i'm gonna go taylor jackson i think julius wood right there though um sacks leader we'll continue with uh some defensive talk here who leads the pirates in sacks i believe last year it was jeremy lewis is it going to be jeremy lewis again
2: I want to take Jeremy, and this is no slide on Jeremy, but i got to go with a guy who's a little unknown to kind of the people at home. I'm going to go with Jack Powers because just the ability, if they're both on the field at the same time, they got to slide to one of them, and that's where I think kind of Powers may come free a couple more times than Jeremy. So Cactus Jack.
1: Cactus Jack Powers. I'm going to go with a bit of a dark horse as well. I'm going to go J.D. Lampley. I think him playing on the edge more this year. He has trimmed down a little bit, a mm-hmm. lot of it, I should say, because yeah. he's very uh, very uh, thin. But I think that's going to help him as a pass rusher, maybe not as much as run defense. But I'm going to go Lampley. He's been in on those third-down packages. Uh Also, sneaky pick, Sam Danka. I'm not going to mm-hmm. pick him officially, but if he gets enough reps, yeah, could be the guy. Um, Phillip, who are you going?
3: I think Danka drops too much in coverage to win mm. a lead yeah, in the that's sacks, fair, So sacks. That, that's the reason I'm going Danka. Uh, Joe mine. I'm going Jack Powers. I really like what I saw from him last year. Really enjoyed getting to know him. He's such an interesting dude. And uh, I uh, I think he brought a lot to the table when he transferred in from Nevada. I'm going Jack Powers.
1: So none of us picked Jeremy Lewis, who is definitely going to end up leading this team in sacks, uh, just because none of us picked him. That's right. how it works. Yeah. And uh, I would say he's probably the favorite, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean He is coming off surgery, though, so I do expect Powers to get some more reps as well. But uh, the good news is I think you got actual – multiple pass rushers this year uh that we have not seen in the past you know jack's made a lot of improvements this offseason rushing the passer. all right most interceptions don't even know who led in this category last year i know wood had two maybe malik Fleming had a couple uh he's gone so who do y'all have leading this team in picks we will start with uh joseph
2: Of course you do. Yeah. That's a difficult one because it's going to depend on probably who starts at corner. And we use starter as such a loose term in a Mike Houston kind of rundown, as he put it, so eloquently in the depth chart press conference rant. Um, I'm going to take – this is a crazy one now, so stick with me here. I'm going to take the Campbell transfer. Okay, Jonathan Jones. I'm going to take Jonathan Jones. want to make sure people knew who he was before I said his name. I'm going to take Jonathan Jones. Three,
1: I think he had three for last uh, three for Campbell last year. Yeah, good player, mm-hmm. really, definitely a guy that if you don't follow the program, you don't know right. at this no. point. So, good pick. Um, so Tegan Wilk was a theft master in high school. The problem is, is he going to be playing a run defense too much? Oh man, um, give me, uh, I'm, uh, just give me Julius Wood. I'm not going to overthink it. He's going to be back playing a lot of deep safety so i'm gonna yeah. say he gets three or four uh philip um i'm gonna go a little bit different of a route here i'm
3: gonna go with uh the north carolina transfer i'm going to tamir brown oh okay that's a good
2: one too good pick good hey, pick
3: just to confirm here sorry because i was doing my research yeah. we have wood from i go who'd you pick joe sorry
2: jonathan jones okay
3: jones jones all right thanks sorry about that guys i'm just trying to make sure i got everything
2: this what you got to do,
1: specialist? It still amazes me. BJ Davis had five interceptions as a linebacker for South Carolina yeah. State last year. It's like insane. That would be insane if he could somehow repeat that. With a broken that. thumb. Yeah, with a broken thumb. If he could somehow repeat that at ECU, uh, the Pirates will be in business. All right, a couple more uh, categories here for special teams. Will ECU return a punt for a touchdown? So here's the deal, guys. ECU, as a football program, has not scored a punt return touchdown. They have blocked a punt for a touchdown, but have mm-hmm. not scored an actual return. Since 2004, Travis Williams did it against the Memphis Tigers, a 69-yarder, nice, uh, return against uh, Memphis for that touchdown. Back in '04. Malik Fleming got close last year. Dwayne mm-hmm. Harris was tripped up uh, like five different times. It's a uh, curse that needs to be broken. Don't even know who's going to be returning punts this year. They've right. re- repped a bunch of guys, but will it happen Joe, you're up.
2: I'm going to go with no, and the reason I say that is because the refs love to call us for holding or clipping. Uh, I think it was Tyler Sneed back in 2020. We were at Temple, ran one all the way back to the fake fans in the stadium with the paper cutouts, and they called uh, clipping or blindside block, I think it was, and Miles Berry did a drive-by. So I'm going to go with no because the refs always have it out for UCU.
1: I mean, that's completely fair because there have been a lot of big returns called back. Um Throw up, go. I'm saving mine for less.
3: Oh, okay. Cop out over here. Um, I think because of the fact we have no idea who the punt returner is going to be, nobody's got an idea, makes me lean towards yes. Because it seems like when, you, when you've got that guy returning, it never happens. But when you least expect it, it does happen. So I'm going to give yes.
1: You know, I'd be crazy if I picked them to return a punt against Michigan. Uh, So I'm not going to do it because that would be asinine. It's Uh, his lock of the week. We're running (laughs) a punt back, baby. (laughs) (laughs) The first punt return in 19 years is going to happen at the big house. Uh, No, but I am going to say the Pirates will break the curse. They will return a punt for six in 2023. I predicted it every single year. It never comes true. This is the year. Lock now I want to up.
3: change my prediction because it sounds like you're the ultimate jinx. Yeah, we've
1: got a chance so, here to
2: double jinx it, so one of them will come true. True.
1: All right, and the second one, will ECU return a kickoff for a touchdown? This has actually been somewhat of a regular mm-hmm. occurrence. Uh, saw Hatfield last year, Tyler Snead did it a couple times, Lance Ray did it against App State in like 2012, so uh, this is a viable possibility. Will ECU return a kickoff for six? Joe?
2: I say yes. I mean, you cited him. We know him. We love him. It's Josiah Hatfield. The speed is unmatched. If he gets a single crease, I, I don't know how many he could hit. Philip,
3: uh, yeah, I'm gonna go yes as well. I, I, I have faith in us. However, you never know what those zebras are gonna call. So that's true.
1: So I'm going yes. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go no. I'm gonna say the punt return uh, <laughs> is the only. I'm gonna say the Pirates do block a a punt for a touchdown this year and return a punt for a touchdown. It's going to be craziness on punts, but no kickoff, <laughs> no return. no kickoff return. Okay, all the uh, all the focus is going in the punt uh, this this preseason. <laughs> I'm just making things up as we go along to make the segment as fun <laughs> as possible. Um, and I, let's go with the category I don't even have here uh, written down, but I'm just going with it. Will ECU kick a game-winning field goal and make Ooh. it in the final? Let's say the final. Final minute, I would say. Probably yeah, go ahead or winner. Yeah, go yeah, ahead or okay. game winner. Will that happen? And will the Pirates make it in 2023? Joe,
2: heck yeah! There I don't you know. even need to go on a full rant for this one. I believe there's only so many times that the football gods can decide. Otherwise, the luck changes this year.
3: Hey, we had one against BYU last year. Yes,
2: that's true. Yeah, now yeah, it was ugly, but it went through. It looks you like you know a
0: what
1: they call an duck. ugly win. A win. A win.
2: <laughs> I wonder where you're going there. No such thing as an ugly win. It's a Mike Houston quote. That's true. There you
3: go. I'm going with yes, we do kick a game-winning field goal. But I do believe we also miss a game-winning field oh, goal. Oh, come on, man. I'm gonna going to say, say the kicking gods still hate us. I think we have two attempts, and we go one one for
1: two. I'm going to say no. Pirates are going to win every game by double digits, so no need. No need. Um, Pirates by 90. Pirates by 90, starting in the big house. 15-0. There's our roundtable picks, and uh, we'll see how stupid we look at the end of the year. That's my goal. You know, we want to be smart insiders, whatever. We got a former player here who knows everything, and yet we're gonna have we're gonna have all these picks wrong at the end of the year. Um, how are we on time, Phil? Do we need to get a break in?
3: Uh, yeah, I say we go ahead and take one just Because if we start something new, we'll go yeah. way too long
1: That's fair, alright, let's get a break in We'll come back, we'll have our Anson Belt Lock of the Weeks And we'll uh, also Pick some games against the spread And we'll have some fun with that You're listening to Hoist the Colors, 94.3 The Game We'll be right back
0: We're live with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game Hoist the Johnny Roger Now, back to Hoist the Colors Welcome back into the show
1: It is Friday. It is September 1st. We are back live on Hoist the Colors nearing game day. We just finished our roundtable discussion and now we're going to make some game picks. But before we do that, we're going to have our Anson Belt locks of the week because multiple people are making lock of the week picks. By the way, last week, lock of the week, it hit. I don't know what that was, but that's the sound of the lock closing. I picked Jacksonville State in their first FBS game. To defeat that team they were playing, I forget who it was. Uh, Conference USA team, do y'all remember? Oh, Jackson. Utah, Utah, El Paso. That's right. Yep. they beat, the Miners. Were struggling. They beat the Miners. The Jacksonville State, lock of the week. Joe, you were close to hitting yours. Louisiana yeah. Tech. You got the Louisiana Tech win. You you went uh, <laughs> you went win and over you single
2: game just, parlay. You should just gone. uh should just gone win, but. Go big or go home, right? I've said it once; I'll say it again. Life is always too short to bet the under, and uh, I-, I believe in the over. That's that's completely Give fair. Give me a lower third that just says overs club.
1: Who wants to pick an under? Like that's just not. It's fun. not fun. Not unless fun, it's though.
2: navy. That is true. Navy mm-hmm. army overs only hit once in the last twenty five years. I think it was, and it was last year.
1: There you go. Yeah. So when we already know your pick for week fourteen of the college football season, when under. no one else is playing. All right, our Anson Belt Locks of the Week. Lock of the Week presented by Anson Belt and Buckle. Are you game day ready? Visit AnsonBelt.com backslash ECU and check out their great collection of holist belts, including ECU officially licensed buckles. Anson Belt and Buckle, the official belt of ECU Athletics. We got the Sweet Mason Garcia ad running uh, in between our commercial breaks often right now. All right, guys, my Anson Belt Lock of the Week. I'm not going out on a limb here, but... I feel strongly about it. ECU has not been shut out since October 4th, 1997 against Syracuse. That is the span of 312 football games. The Pirates will score. They'll score multiple times on Saturday in Ann Arbor. Not sure what fashion, maybe a safety and a field goal, uh, maybe a field goal and a touchdown, that punt return, of course and uh, they will extend their non-shutout streak to 313 games. Lock it in. Pirates get on the board. Maybe it'll be enough to win. Maybe they win 10-7. We'll
2: find out later in the show when we make our picks. Joe, answer Belt Lock of the Week. Can I get a tight shot here? Appreciate it, Philip. <laughs> Shane Calhoun, first Pirate touchdown of the season. In the big house, silent. Lock it. Will lock it
3: happen on the first drive? Ooh. Oh, Yeah. Oh, start. I'm,
2: I'm talking Shane Calhoun, slot fade over their little sophomore nickel and just moss <laughs> him, throw the ball up in the air, 15-yard penalty. <laughs> Houston's <laughs> losing his mind, and the big house is silent. All righty. Well, wow, Don't add all that's that. We're <laughs> sticking
1: just with the Shane Calhoun. Yeah, just, just the touchdown. Don't Calhoun feels like that. the last dude to get a penalty. Yeah, no. He's always I need him to come up with something better than his little dance
2: last year. <laughs> I mean, come on, Shane. What are we doing, bro? That's that's what he does. That's his thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's going to bust that out in the big house. Oh, probably. No, honestly knowing him he'll probably just do something like quiet hand the ball to the official just and just trying. like run off Barry Sanders. He's a robot. Yeah,
3: Barry Sanders style. By the way, I go setting the It's weird. See, so yeah, I go setting the bar really low, right? Super We're going to score. We're going to score. It prediction. might be it might be a darn <laughs> One point safety where they snap the ball <laughs> over their own PAT holder's we'll head and it goes out of the back of the end zone and we score one point. It's the only way you can score one point in a game. Um, and then Joe, you got Joe out here predicting who's going to score the first touchdown. I wasn't expecting that here. I was expecting you know, something else. Okay. Yeah.
2: So go big or go home.
3: I'm going to go in the middle and um, ECU, according to Action Network, uh, our team over under for total points is six and a half. I'm locking in the over. I think the Pirates do score a touchdown. There you go. And uh, unlike last year against State, they make the extra point at least. <laughs> and uh, I'm taking over six and a half for the Pirates.
1: That still hurts, Phillip. Sorry. So, Pirates are going to have some points. It points sounds for like. sure. If, if they get shut out, we're all going to like idiots. Bet the over. That. Um, all right, so good good picks there. Antebell lock of the week. Appreciate their support of the program. And uh, we'll continue that each Friday. This has turned into a fun show. I don't know if people listen are having fun, but I'm having fun. Uh, I think our Friday shows are going to be the best all year, at least in our eyes. Um, Let's get into our game picks, guys. We're going to do this each and every week, college and pro. Of course, we only got college this week. No pro games until next weekend. So we got six college games. We're picking them against the spread, uh, according to uh, what's – I believe Caesar Sportsbooks have. Either way. Uh, Michigan is a 36-point favorite against East Carolina. That is a lot of points. Michigan, though, has crushed its opening teams in recent years. Uh, Maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't know. I feel pretty good about East Carolina covering this spread as they get closer. I'm thinking 42-17. Michigan tacks on a late touchdown to pull away for good. But that would be well within the 36. So I'm going uh, Pirates cover on the road. Joe.
2: I go the same way. Pirates cover on the road. There was a saying way back when good teams win, but great teams cover. And remember that. I have 42 21, probably in the same way you do. Michigan pulls away late, but I still take the Pirates to cover. Philip, you going with the Pirates or are you taking the Wolverines?
3: No, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon here. I'm taking the Pirates. I, I think it might be little more lopsided than what Joe's got it. I'm thinking in <laughs> you know, like might be like 49-17.
2: 42
3: to 10 actually. Yeah, I'm going to go 42-10. That's what I'm, I think the Pirates only scored
2: twice. Yeah, it's 32. You're still yeah, there.
3: Yeah, 42-10 Michigan.
1: Yeah, I mean, East you could lose 42 to 7 and cover. So I mean, it's uh it's very within the possibility of covering looking at the over under vegas does not think ecu is going to score much at all obviously the six and a half team total that is nothing um but i say the pirates find a way to score and we all do because everybody's got the pirates scoring um all right non-ecu games a lot of good games to pick from of course we've already had the thursday night games go by we all know those results of course um utsa at houston This is a fun game, guys. UTSA is a two-point favorite going on the road at Houston. Last year, I think they played, like, multiple overtimes, Mm -hmm. and Houston emerged victorious. Revenge game, UTSA. I'm going Roadrunners win by double digits.
2: Ooh. Double double digits is a bold take, especially with the line being minus two.
1: Well, you know, it's – Luckily, it's not my lock of the week, so this I don't is have to, don't this have to is stick fair. with
2: it. It's just for the sake of keeping a tally, because winning is amazing. right? Uh, I'm going to take UTSA on the road also. Give me a touchdown for them. Uh, I'd put it at six and a half, more than the minus two there. Uh, I'm a huge, huge believer in the Roadrunners. I said that two weeks ago when I talked about the American preview. I think that they are a team to behold, and I think their offense is too powerful. And this is—is is Houston wearing those sweet
1: jerseys, or was that just a uniform? I, I don't know. Yeah,
2: I don't know when they're pulling those out.
1: Honestly, if they wear those uniforms, I might change my pick. But <laughs> Yeah, uh, Phillip,
2: absolutely. Philip, who are you going with? Right after you
3: talked to Coach Godwin on Wednesday about uniforms not mattering, he's over right. here talking about <laughs> hey, darn
2: uniforms. That's baseball. This is yeah, that's baseball. This is college football spreads. Coach uniforms Prime. mean everything. Always said, look good, play good, feel good.
3: There you go. Um, I do really like UTSA this year. I think they're a phenomenal year. I think they're going to win the conference. But I think Dana Holgerson knows this is his team's Ooh. first <laughs> game as a Big Twelve member, and uh, he's going to get those boys up. I'm going to go with the Cougars.
1: There is not a coach I dislike more than Dana Holgerson. I, I was pretty mad. You know, I'm supposed Ooh. to be unbiased in the role uh, the role we're in, but not a fan of Dana and the way that he laid it on. Again, they didn't do anything wrong, but I just wasn't a fan of Houston coming in and beating ECU because I really wanted ECU to win that game. That's that's fair. I'm not a Dana fan.
2: My hatred's completely different. Dave Dorn, no no hesitation, no stop. I'm still mad he put up the pirate hooks after trying to ice Jake oh, Verity yeah. in 2018. So, uh, yeah, Dave Dorn, hate club right here.
1: He should have had to eat those words. If Jake Verity was still on the team, he would have. Yeah. <laughs> Or eat that sign, I should say. Uh, Colorado and TCU, 20.5 point spread. This should not be a competitive game is what Vegas is saying. Colorado has 10 players returning from last year. Mm-hmm. Deion Sanders has just completely blown it up. TCU, new quarterback, but obviously coming off a great year. Do we think the Buffaloes cover on the road in this opener? Uh, we'll let Philip start this one.
3: Is my dad going to listen to this program? Because he's gonna hang me for this answer, uh, I think Coach Prime gets the doors blown off him in his first game. I think it's horrible. I don't think it's, I don't even think it's remotely close to twenty-one.
1: I'm with you. I think I think TCU wins by thirty plus. Uh, Joe.
2: Yeah, I agree. Sonny Dykes is gonna absolutely unload the book on Colorado, and you can bring in as many players as you want. If you have no chemistry, it's bombs away. Yeah, I think it's.
1: I think it's going to take time for Colorado to get things going, so I'm going TCU uh, to cover there. All right, North Carolina, South Carolina, one of the marquee games on Saturday evening. UNC is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Charlotte against the South Carolina Gamecocks. We still don't even know if their receiver's playing, I don't think, at this time. Um, Not sure if that's been ruled on yet. I'm going South Carolina, guys, here. UNC is ranked, preseason ranked every year for some Mm -hmm. reason. Uh, and I think they're going to fall right out of the polls. Joe?
2: I'm absolutely torn uh, because in my house, if I pick Beamer over Mac Brown, I might as well find a new place to live. Um, so I'm going to lean to Drake May. I'm going to lean to the Tar Drake Heels. Uh, Beamer ball is there, but I don't know if it's there to stop Drake May. It could be the number one pick if Caleb Williams kind of decides to not go to the Cardinals. So I'm going to lean to the Tar Heels. Give me Give me three points there. I think it's close, though.
3: Yeah, uh, I say last play of the game. Game-winning field goal, Carolina. Yeah. The real y'all, Carolina.
1: You all disgust it. me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, man, I grew
3: up a Duke fan.
2: I really do hate Carolina. I still so can't pick not... South Carolina either.
1: Yeah. That was another game that should yeah. have been in East Carolina. Sorry, Philip,
2: not to rant on you at all, but, like, I still can't stand Frank Beamer because of that. <laughs> I it's not his fault, but understand. still.
1: All right, Sunday night, LSU. Florida State. This game is in Orlando. I don't know if that matters. Uh, I don't know why they're just not playing it in Tallahassee. Uh,
2: it's the um, what is it now? The camp, camp kick kickoff. Camp cure something oh, kickoff bowl. I don't know. It's one of the kickoff ones. It's not
3: Camping World because not Camping the, World. Okay, camping I was about world, to because that's the that's the bowl game they sponsor. In that no, season, they have so. both now. Oh, oh my! I can't keep up all these darn bowl games conversation for another day.
1: All right, uh, Florida State, so they won last year, right, on the missed kick? Yes. Because Slade Roy was snapping.
2: Yeah, uh, was it missed or blocked? Whichever word. Whatever happened. But, but missed, They won teams. and
1: they lost in ECU fashion. LSU. <laughs> um, Just to be fair, I mean, just call it like it is. LSU revenge game here. Tigers romp Florida State. So much preseason hype for the Seminoles. I'm tired of it. I think all this talk about Florida State being better than Clemson is crazy. This is the Clemson revenge year. I know we're not there yet, but uh, give me LSU because this is the LSU revenge game.
2: I'm a, I'm a big revenge type of guy, so uh, I'm getting on LSU here, uh, Joe. I see that. I see you're a big revenge guy. So circle that on the calendar yeah. for when FSU Don't come plays at me or you're Clemson. Feel it. It'll be early. Uh, I, I go LSU as well. I think has done a great job trying to turn that program, but I think Brian Kelly has too many experienced players that he kind of inherited as well as going to get some of the guys he needs to uh i expect jaden daniels to play great against fsu's limited front i know they have some big guys but they're not necessarily the best pass rushers like the sec is seen. so i still give it to the, the tigers
3: i think the Phil, noles are posers i'm going tigers
2: that's what i'm talking about Knowles
1: are posers i really do think they'll have a good year but they won't consensus win the, yeah they won't win the acc all right clemson at duke this is the monday night game i believe duke is going to be rocking with uh, no duke fans with and all clemson fans. fans clemson is a 13 point favorite i like this line a lot you know i don't want to start this philip we're gonna we're gonna throw it on you this is your <laughs> this is your you're you're you grew up the duke fan right so yeah yeah what are you gonna do here man this is this is uh this is tough territory for you
3: it is but uh With it being 13, honestly, that's a little closer of a line than I thought it was going to be. So I do think Clemson covers. I think Duke keeps it competitive. I think they proved within this game that they are – last year was not a fluke that they can be an 8- or 9-win team this year. But uh, I'm going to go Clemson. They're up 10 late, scored a touchdown to put it away and win it by 17.
2: Joseph. I lean the same way. Uh, Mike Elko's offense has been something to kind of keep an eye on, but I still think Clemson is too experienced in the back half. I mean, all these different coaches who have now come and gone and came back again. So I give it to Clemson also. I say 17 as far as the win goes. Probably late field goal just to kind of put them away. I really want to pick Clemson to cover here. Duke just – they always seem to surpass
1: expectations under Elko. But you know what? Clemson – everyone's writing them off this year this is the clemson revenge year and so i think it starts on national tv monday night
2: i was about to say you can't pick duke to cover after your fsu clemson rant
1: <laughs> I, I thought about it heavily and then i was like i i can't be I, I can't do that i just can't do it so i'm going clemson they win so the picks are in we will see what the uh the results are next week we'll uh, tally them up and uh, Phillips taking notes right you got it all saved yeah
3: it's all right here in a uh, even in google docs so if something happens to my computer god forbid
1: there you go next so week we'll going. make some nfl picks as well uh and we'll do a handful of games in each uh each league uh or in the nfl and then in college i don't even know if you can call college a league at this point but whatever um it's basically becoming one it's a super
2: league at this point yeah
1: all right let's get our final break in we'll come back we'll wrap up uh, get final thoughts ecu michigan how the Pirates can return that punt for a touchdown and get on the board. We'll just uh, break that down on the other side. Hoist the Colors, 94.3 The Game. We'll be right back.
0: Hey, what's happening, man? What's happening? Tell me what's happening. Every ECU fan's one stop for all things ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back into the show.
1: We're wrapping up Friday's edition of the program. Game week is uh, – is come and gone for the most part almost here game time is almost here joe sampson in studio we got a few minutes left joe will we know by the end of the first quarter if it's going to be a game on saturday
2: oh absolutely I mean, you'll just tell from the first drive, whether it's offensive or defensive, just how the guys are kind of playing towards the energy or or kind of letting the game get to them or if the crowd's going to be a factor itself. I mean, that's really going to be a huge takeaway in the first five minutes. If it's a long, sustained drive for Michigan, kind of beaten down, ECU's defense could be completely different than if it's a bombs away, kind of, okay, one-play touchdown drive.
1: When you – we had the discussion Thursday – would you receive the opening kickoff if you win, if you're East Carolina?
2: I heard this. I'm so glad you brought it up. Absolutely. And yeah. that's because as an offensive coordinator, you always have your set first drive. Like, you know what you want to do. You know what you want to get into. You want to know the formation, what side of the ball you're on. I think Donnie K has that circled, and he's itching to call it in the big house.
1: Yeah. And I think if you're a play caller, you relish that opportunity. Especially when the game is 0-0, mm-hmm. you have the chance to set the momentum kind of set the stage so uh yeah and and like I mentioned I've seen ECU go on the road before even in 19 when y'all played at state Mm. that game ended up getting out of hand but y'all went right down the field right and it was just Holton happened to fumble instead of score on that one play otherwise Mm -hmm. if you score there it really changes the feel of the game and it was
2: close up until I think it was halftime when we kind of gave the ball away in the red zone there
1: yep Uh, obviously winning the turnover battle key to have a shot other big keys to victory Mm -hmm. or you know to have a shot to win for east carolina for you
2: yeah uh control the turnover battle i mean you always hear it from every head coach that's coaches speak but you have to win it ecu hasn't committed a turnover since tulane you talked about that on thursday as well crazy so if you can continue to do that and take care of the football you put yourself in a very good position to win and then if you can kind of steal the possession away from michigan or force some kind of big play to take advantage of momentum that'll be huge for them as well all right, Joe, we've made it. We've made it through game week. Uh, appreciate your time. Another uh-huh. week of not
1: getting fired. That's true. You, I think you're officially cemented at this point. I think he's going to be a part of the show. We wow. get a lot of good feedback. Every time I post the show on HTC, people are like, this Joey football guy is good. So All right, wow. Keep I'll it have going. to make sure I pay don't, them after just this. Just don't let it go to your head. Oh, you <laughs> no, <know>? gosh, no. <laughs> uh I appreciate, uh, appreciate you producing. I'm getting uh, tired of talking. Uh, football is almost here, so we're about to kick it off. And uh, we can finally quit talking about preseason storylines and next, uh, the next show we'll be talking about a game. We will be here Monday, by the way. It is Labor Day. We're not taking a holiday off when we have a chance to talk about football. So we will have a show Monday at 12 noon. We'll see you then after ECU in Michigan. You've been listening to Hoist the Colors.
0: This has been Hoist the Collars with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back Monday with more of Hoist the Collars on 943 The Game.